Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Give him a shout and a clap of praise tonight. There in Bloemfontein, the many thousands gathered in Bloemfontein. I might be the next Sunday night, so you better be ready because God's fire is going to fall all over South Africa in the name of Jesus. Welcome to Faith TV tonight. Welcome to Praise TV, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, CRC Online, radio stations all over Russia, Israel, America, Europe, India, Pakistan, China, Africa. And every CRC member, you are ready for the fire of God tonight. Shout Amen. Say, I am ready. Okay, don't be overwhelmed, don't be overwhelmed or be overwhelmed because tonight God is going to touch you and you are not going to be the same ever again in Jesus' Name. Welcome to all our churches across South Africa. We welcome Bloemfontein Thousands there tonight. Uh, Bloemfontein North, Johannesburg, Lady Brand, Belito, Bethlehem, Cape Town, Cape Town North, Durban East London, George, Jeffries, Baker 2, Kimberley, come on, Swanee, Markang, Malmesbury, Moi Noi! <laughs> this is the end of Langston Stan for Nandio Froe, Moi Noi. Nelspreit, Perl, Peter Marisburg, Polokwane, Port Elizabeth, Kwakwa, Geberg, Uppington, Wooster, Gabrone, Tsume, Ongativa, Swagopman, Vintuk. People all over, tens of thousands in CRC buildings tonight gathered as part of the service and then hundreds of thousands watching on television. Uh, we had an amazing time Friday night, so you can hear my voice is a bit hoarse, so my sound men have to help me. Uh, Friday night preaching in Durban, saw so many people getting saved. And uh, listen, God is up to something, God's doing something. I walk into Johannesburg and it's like a cloud of glory was there this morning. People are getting saved by the hundreds. It's absolutely incredible what God's doing in, in, in Johannesburg. And I want to say to those in Tswane, uh, where I fought this battle for the churches to be open, you better keep hungry and, and, and you better get yourself in the house of the Lord. Amen. Because this is where we fought for the safe, responsible opening of churches. I've said this many times. I will say it again. The church is one generation away from failure. Take your seats. One generation. What is God looking for this time? How many of you are getting baptized tonight? Anybody? Amen. How many of you got baptized last week? <laughs> How many of you got rid of your stuff? Your stash? Your ganja? Your marijuana, your, let's leave it there. Cleared your cell phone. Huh? Give your cell phone to your friend to scroll through it quickly. Amen. I'm just playing with you. I'm waiting for something. I want to talk tonight as we continue to baptize people on light a fresh fire, a cold world 
doesn't need a lukewarm church. The world we live in is looking for a church on fire, not religion. So when Jesus came, He never came to give us a religion. He never came to give us a Sunday experience. He came to baptize us with fire. So some of you are gonna get baptized in fire tonight after you are baptized out there in the water. The fire of the Holy Ghost is gonna come upon you in Jesus' Name. So Luke chapter 12, verse 49, Jesus Himself talking the Message Bible, He says, I've come to start a fire on the earth. Thank God, gone are the days where we have signs outside, still the kerk, and we have signs that say behave in church, okay? Thank God that we can come to the house of God and make a joyful shout and we can praise God. Come on, if you love Him, give Him a radical praise today. Praise Him like you have been risen from the dead. He says, I've come to change everything and turn everything right side up. How I long for it to be finished. Do you think I've come to smooth things over? and make everything nice, not so. So you better believe there are gonna be times in church where the preacher is gonna say something that will ruffle your feathers. There are certain things you have to hear in order for you to change. Cause Jesus didn't come to give you a smoothie. You can go buy that at, 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 at Milky Lane. He came to give you fire. And that means when Jesus shows up, things get uncomfortable. For religious people, for those who live in sin, and also for demons. Because when light shows up, darkness has to manifest. And darkness will be repelled. So yes, the thing about God, He knew that we could not live this Christian life by ourselves. He knew that no matter how great your intentions are, you can never break the power of sin by yourself. He knew it. And He never came just to take things away from you. He came to give you something. He came to put a fire on you and a fire in you. Talk a lot of people and all they can talk about of the problems they are going through and the challenges they are facing. And um, what this COVID has done, if Jesus was alive and He is, and in the church today, it would be a place of revival. I'll tell you what, people would be flocking, people would be running, people would not be afraid. So those that are still waiting for the state of whatever it is, emergency, disaster, um, draconian control, that's me saying it, okay? Because there's no reason for this lockdown any longer. I'm opposed to it, I'm outspoken. It's causing more damage than good. And it's time for our president to call it a day so people can get back to their normal life. Say amen and give the Lord a praise in Jesus' Name. So we are not yet to agree with everybody and especially not politicians. So he says, I've come to disrupt and confront. From now on, when you find five in a house, it will be three against two and two against three. So when Jesus comes, some people in that home will catch fire and some won't. 
when Jesus invades your uh, uh, circle of friends, some of those friends are going to catch fire and some of them are not. I said it in Johannesburg this morning. I always thought about this many times when I got saved on the 14th of November, 1982. And uh, not I found Jesus because Jesus wasn't lost. Amen. He found me. Hallelujah. I was lost. I was the sinner. So when I responded to the love of God, my two best friends were sitting with me. And I thought about this so many times, how my life would have been different if I never responded to Jesus touching me. My friends never did. And their lives turned out disastrous. One of them became a political assassin and had to, and was involved in several murders, very famous murders in South Africa and had to flee this country and go live. I don't want to say where, because then I will expose him for many, many, many years, like 25, 28 years. He had to live outside of South Africa. And I thought often how different his life could have been if on that Sunday morning, he responded to Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, he was the one who invited me to church. He was the one, now that I was saved, we were clubbing the night before and we both smelled like smoke and had a serious hangover because we didn't have a few beers. We drank all weekend. So this was the whole Friday, the whole Saturday, like some of you uh, uh, sitting here with a hangover tonight. It's okay, God's gonna get a hold of you. And, uh, 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 and Sunday morning, we were smoking our first cigarette, Rulani, first cigarette in the morning, you know. You wake up and the first thing you have to do is you have to sin, I mean, you have to choke, I mean, you have to smoke. And he said, why don't we go to that church that your brother went to? I said, ach nee, man, waarvan praat you know? Hey, see man, let's just go, to, because he got saved two weeks before us and I thought the devil got a hold of him because he changed totally. My brother changed, his language changed from blinkity blink to Hallelujah. He was sitting in the bath, that brother of mine that was as crazy as I was before we got saved and who's now in heaven. And uh, I said to my mother, hey, the devil got a hold of him. This is me now, Mr. Sinner. Mr. Sinner suddenly knows what is God and what is not God. Not having put my foot five years in a church, and my brother gets radically saved and he prays in tongues and his language changes and he gets rid of all our, not just his stuff, my stuff, Michael. When I lifted up my bed to look for certain bags with some green tea in it, it wasn't there. Then I really thought the devil got a hold of him. Because my tree of life was gone. <laughs> That's the problem with those stuff that takes you up and brings you down. Jesus takes you up, He never brings you down. Come on, there ain't no high like the Holy Ghost high. There ain't no high like the Jesus high. Oh, come on, you know what I'm talking about. He saved you, He watched you. We should never lose our love and our zeal and our excitement. For Oh, come on, give Him a praise tonight. If you know that you are saved and you are heaven bound and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, give Him a shout of praise, hallelujah. But back to that Sunday morning. I mean, I didn't want to go to church. It's a little church, maybe 60 people there. Uh, a, a cinema in Bloomingdale that's no longer there. And we went with the same jeans and the same stink t-shirts, smelling of smoke and marijuana and uh, alcohol and whatever else. I smelled not good. So I sat right at the back. 
behind the sound man. And God touched me. And like that prodigal son, I realized that your stench, your sin does not separate you from God. All you have to do is come. When Jesus touches you, you have to come. And I'm saying this because we have to remember what God has done for us. And we have to remember what God has saved us from. And we have to be determined never to go back to the places that God saved us from. Can I have an amen tonight in Jesus' name? So I often thought about it. Um, had I not responded on that morning, what would my life look like? Having been raised a certain way, certain hate, prejudice, and maybe I would have gone the same route as my friend. And then I thought about my friend who actually took me to church and who never responded to Jesus and how his life turned out. So that's what he says, there will be five in a house. Five friends sitting here tonight for the first time. Two will be touched and three will say, this is nonsense because they're not ready to break with sin and they're not ready to get right with God. So they will use every excuse in the book to try and influence those who get right with God to change their decision. I thank God today that I'm saved. I thank God today for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God today that somebody invited me to church on the 14th of November, 1982. And hey, it was a sinner who invited me. And yeah, we are saints saved by the blood of Jesus. When last did you invite somebody to church? Because you bring them to the presence of God, God's gonna save them. And then Luke chapter three, verse 16 to 17. Also the message, John intervened, John the Baptist, he said, I'm baptizing you here in the river. The main character, in this drama is not prophet doodly do. It's not corporal bubbly boo. The main character in this drama, to whom I'm a mere stagehand, Jesus Christ, He will ignite the kingdom life of fire. The Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside out. So we are, uh, uh, many people are being rebaptized and having a restart in God, but we need more than that. We have to come to our senses where we break with certain things and we lay those things down and we get both our feet in the Kingdom of God and we say enough with the world. I'm not, I don't belong to this world anymore, but we need more than that. We need a fire on the inside. I said we need a fire on the inside. We need a power on the inside. We need a baptism of fire in the Name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hand tonight and say, Jesus, light a fresh fire in me. See, see, I'm gonna change you. From the inside out, I'm gonna clean house, make a clean sleep, sweep of your lives. So um, some of you need a little bit of soap in your mouth. You know, like Life Boy. And because uh, your, your, your language has gone a little bit bad. You're talking like you used to talk. 
and your mother and mama never tolerated it. She said, hey, come here. And she said, open your mouth. And what did she do? She took life boy and what was the other one, the green one? Sunlight. Kijk hoe ma dan was zij je mond. Zij was niet je bek. Want zijn bek wat zo praat. Zij was je mond. En zij druk om haar. Zodat je later aan zijn dit is in je tanden. Zij zei. Zo praat de mond niet. Tell me we need a little bit of soap. <laughs> your jokes need to be purified. Your conversation has to be cleansed. I'm not, I'm not preaching rules here. I'm telling you about Christianity. I'm talking about grace that sets you apart and grace that breaks the power of sin and grace that lifts you to a place that no rule book can take you, no religion can take you. Grace that liberates you and sets you free by the power of the Holy Ghost so that the desire for sin is broken over your life. Because let's be honest, sin is pleasurable. Bible says that Moses refused to endure the pleasure of sin. Because sin promises to please you. If it wasn't pleasing to the eye, to the flesh, people wouldn't sin. Eve, the first sin, when she looked at that fruit, it was pleasing to the sight, pleasing to the touch, pleasing to the smell, pleasing to a taste. But it enslaved her because that's what sin always does. It promises to please you only to take you back to a place of slavery. In Galatians 5 verse 1, remember the Bible says that Jesus came to set you free. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free. And He says, stand firm in your freedom and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage because that world out there, Lot's wife will always try to entice you and will try to make you believe you are missing out. Look at everybody else. You switch on your TV, watch channel, oh, I don't know if it still exists, MTV. You watch Hollywood or the wives of Hollywood or even worse, the wives of Satan. You watch that and you think, that's the real life. No, that's a fake life. Those people aren't happy. Half of them are on drugs and alcohol and antidepressants, the life that God gives you as a life that is way beyond that and a life that fills you with joy and peace and righteousness. Come on. What the world offers you is a deception. And you say, Pastor, how do you know? Because I was there. I talk to people sometimes and they say, you pastors have lost touch with the world. Are you kidding me? We are living in the same world that you live in. We face the same temptations that you face. Some of us come out of a world much worse than the world you've ever imagined to be in. So don't tell me we don't understand the world. We got saved out of this world. We live in this world, but we're not part of this world. Come on, say Amen in Jesus' Name. So don't look at your priest. That's why I don't wear a dress. Because if I wear a dress, you think I'm, 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 I'm a Pope or a Bishop, which I am, okay? Um, <laughs> Listen, I've got an honorary doctorate. I am a bishop. I am an apostle and all, the, all this stuff, but I don't use any of those titles because it's meaningless. Some people carry titles because they have no power and they have no influence 
uh, etc. And by the way, I sit with so many doctors in our church that if I have to now go around as Dr. Bossov, they're going to look at me like, uh-huh. So all the pastors out there, just can your titles, please. Amen. Somebody said the other day, people are having conferences to release people into the apostolic and prophetic. You can't. The Bible says He gives gifts. Jesus. No man can make you an apostle. No man can make you a prophet. No man can make you a pastor. No man. You get these business people that are so confused. He runs a business, but he's a, somebody said he, he's a pastor as well. No, you're a confused businessman. You either are a priest or you're a king. You either are a, a businessman or you are a pastor. You cannot be both. You cannot be both. You can't be working for money over here and then at the same time, you want to be the king of the world, the church. Doesn't work like that. Well, I'm going to tell you the truth whether you like it or not. So I've been around for 35 years. I've seen all this nonsense before. The same prophetic nonsense was around 30 years ago. Nothing new. Then a deliverance move. It's nothing new. Where everybody prophesies to everybody. And a half of them, no 90% of them, operate by familiar spirits. Soothsaying spirits. Can't even tell the difference. Play these games. Call it the prophetic. I'm preaching in a conference and I'm going to talk about the fivefold ministry and address some of this nonsense. And I know 90% of the people at that conference will be mad with me. But somebody has to tell them the truth. That if you're a prophet, it doesn't make your wife a prophetess. As little as if you're a doctor and you one day get married, your wife's not also going to be a doctor. She's not a doctor. Or you're a professor, now your wife is also a professor. It doesn't work like that. And neither does it work like that in the church. Jesus calls the apostle. Jesus calls the prophet. Jesus calls the evangelist. It's not a title. It is a function. And it will have fruit that accompanies it in Jesus' name. So honour the pastor's wife, but she doesn't necessarily stand in any five-fold ministry office. And somebody that st starts out to the ministry have no right to be called pastor. Should take years and years and years for you to earn the right. Let's see your longevity. It's a very, very serious thing for me. Because you don't in the ministry today and out tomorrow. You're not a doctor today and tomorrow you're something else. Right? Lower the, 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 the kingdom of God to standards of men. And do crazy stuff that we don't even do in the world. There was a time that they said, my vrou doctor. My praise God, I die for me. Say, see my vrou doctor nie. Say, see my vrou snob. Ach, ek bedoel, my vrou shop. Want sy gaan definitief nie die operatie doen. So elke pastoor sy vrou, asjeblief toch, CRC is nie pastoor nie. Hou op my nie nonsens. Hou vannig op my nonsens, asjeblief. Hou op my nonsens. So he says, the main character in this drama to whom I'm a stage and will ignite the kingdom life. It's going to change you. It's going to place everything in its proper place before God. 
and everything false he'll put out with a trash to be burnt. So that means God loves you too much to leave you where He finds you. That means when you give your life to Jesus Christ, the journey of sanctification begins. So understand there's a difference between righteousness and holiness. There's a difference. When you receive Jesus Christ, you become the righteousness of God in Christ. Second Corinthians 5.21, for He made Him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So that is who God made us to be, in right standing with God. There's nothing you can do that will cause you to lose your right standing. But the level of holiness, you determine that. Bible says, follow holiness. The Bible says, be pure as He is pure. So we have a responsibility to yield to the grace of God and to work with the grace of God. And the Bible says to perfect holiness in the reverential fear of the Lord, which means it's not just anything is okay and I can just live any way I want to because that's who you were. That was your nature. You were bound to sin, but now you are bound to righteousness. You were a sinner, but now you are a saint. You were lost, but now you are found. You were bound, but now you are free. Oh, say Amen in the Name of Jesus Christ. So, so we cannot allow the little leavens, the little foxes to come back and make an excuse in the Name of Grace. So we're not talking about your righteousness, your right standing with God. We're talking about your journey of freedom, the journey out of Egypt, which is a journey, a journey of the renewing of the mind, a journey of surrender, a journey of sanctification. what the process us. So He's perfected you, but you have to walk in that grace and pursue perfection, which means you pursue the life that God has for you. And that means you set your mind on things above and not on things of the world. You don't allow Egypt to take you back. You don't allow Sodom and Gomorrah to take you back. You don't allow the three friends that came with you to church that are not committed to Jesus Christ to take you back to the clubs and the pubs. That means if you have to break with your cousin, you say, so long sailor, so long. Bye-bye. I'm just gonna love you from a distance right now because I wanna serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I wanna move on. I wanna be free. I wanna be whole. I wanna please God. Come on in Jesus' Name. I want the taste of freedom. I don't wanna be like every other young person that comes to the university and see how many people they can sleep with. And by the time they get married, they mess up. No. I wanna keep myself young person, I want to keep myself because the greatest attraction in a young person is their purity. Nothing more powerful than a pure, undefiled young person. They have power that nobody else has. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego never sold out to the world. Now, if you sold out to the world, you can correct it tonight and have a restart. 
and give yourself back to Jesus Christ and be like a virgin again. You can be like a, 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 a new Christian again. You can be like born again again. In the, are you listening to me tonight in Jesus' Name? But if you look like the world, you smell like the world, you walk like the world, you talk like the world, there's no difference. Then why should the unbeliever want to get saved? If there's no difference between you and them. If you in any go go to the same club and you in any case smoke what they smoke, you in any case drink what they drink, you in any case party like they party and you think it's okay. It is not okay. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Can I have an amen from a young person? Listen, and this is what the world is looking for. Looking for people like that. The Shadrachs, the Meshach, the Abednegoes that will not bow to the graven image of Nebuchadnezzar. This image that the world is trying to force down on you that this is normal. As a young person, you have to look like this, walk like this, talk like this. You have to fit into the world system. That's not about your dress. It's not about your fashion. It's about your inner you. It's about what you radiate. It's about how you carry yourself. It's about what you attract to yourself. It's about the stand that you take for what Jesus already did for you. Can I have an amen? I think uh, people get confused with this grace teaching, um, which has caused so many people to stop tithing. And I'm all for grace, grace, nothing without grace. But grace is your tutor. That's what Paul says. Great grace breaks the power of sin. Grace does what the law could not do. So under the law, I was a sinner and I could not be free from sin. But under grace, the power, the desire for sin is broken over my life. So when you talk about grace, you should be the most committed person in the church. You should be the most generous person in the church. You should be the most serving person person in the church in the name of Jesus. Because it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Not grace to sin. He spoke about that last week. He says, how shall we that are dead to sin any longer live in it? He says, we're not under law, but we're under grace. But how shall we that are dead to sin live in it? The very fact that you're under grace means that the power of sin is broken over your life. You're not a slave. You're not an animal. What's the difference between an animal? I know you're an animal. Women sapiens. I know. A swichdir. What's the difference between you and a dog? What's the difference? Woof. No. You have a free will. You're controlled by choices. A dog is controlled by instinct. If you're controlled by instinct, you're carnal. You've not even taken a first step into the kingdom of God. I mean, you see a girl and you just have to go and run after her. You see, a, you, you see a, a, a green tree and you just have to stop and see what it is to smoke it, etc., etc. You were like that. And before you got saved, it was okay to be like that. And there was no judgment for you because you were a sinner. He says, now you're a righteous. You're righteous. You are now a slave to righteousness. Your desire is to be righteous. Now what happened in this lockdown is a lot of people because of the insanity of this lockdown that I try to fight, realizing what it's doing to people psychologically, 
and how isolation will cause people to do crazy things, I'm trying to get your attention to say, hey, get back to God, get right with God, get the fire of God back in your life. Come on, go burn those things that you have to burn. Go get rid of those things that you have to get rid of and get yourself back in the house of God, get yourself back in the Kingdom of God, become a young person on fire for God and for the things of God, be a businessman on fire for God and for the things of God and stop making your excuses for your lukewarmness and your apathy. My brother, if you sit at home every Sunday and you're happy about it, you've lost your zeal, you've lost your fire, you become cold, you become lukewarm and you better see what Jesus talks to those who are lukewarm. He says, be hot or be cold. Because if you lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. He talks to the church. Because lukewarm people are actually a stumbling block for God's kingdom. Because people look at them and they say, but that's a leader. That person has been saved for 20 years. And now that person got no seal, no fire for God. And they think it's okay. It's not okay. It's never okay. It's never okay to lose your zeal for God and your zeal for the house of God. I mean, if you wanna follow Jesus Christ, the Bible says it was written, the zeal for your house has consumed me in Jesus' Name. You don't lose your zeal and your passion for the house of God and the things of God and you think it's okay. Because that's not how Jesus was. Sabbath, Jesus was in the synagogue on the first day of the week. For those that always ask you why we don't have a church on a Saturday, the early church gathered on the first day. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 2, on the first day. Why? Because in the New Testament, we put God first, not seventh, we put Him first. So we have our meetings on the first day. We don't honour the day, but we put God first. That's why we give God our first fruits. That's why we give God the first time of the day. That's why we come to church on the first day of the week. In the Name of Jesus Christ, say Amen. Come on church! So Jesus makes it pretty clear. He says, I've come to start a fire. He says, I've come to change everything in your life. I've come to set things in order. To bring Kingdom order, not your order, Kingdom. Says, I've come to ignite the kingdom life. Kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God. Not your kingdom. Not your pleasure. Not your lifestyle. You know, I've been a pastor 35 years and it's the saddest thing for me ever when you see God bless people and they drift away from God and they feel okay about it. If God blesses you, you better drift closer to God. The, the more God blesses you, the more you should serve God. The humbler you should be. You read in Revelation, the Bible says, no crowd, those, those 24 elders that talks about the leaders of leaders of leaders of leaders, they rest, they cast their crowns before the throne of God every day and they say, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Worthy, 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 worthy. Every day they bow before the King of Kings. Every day, even in heaven, even to eternity. I don't care whether you're a president, a pauper, a billionaire. When you see Jesus Christ, you're not gonna stand tall. You are gonna hit the deck, my brother, because you will see Him for who He is and you are gonna hit the ground. And if you don't confess Jesus is Lord while you are alive, one day you will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Because I'll tell you, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, even the mocker, the scoffer, the Satanist, the idol worshiper, the agnostic, those who are opposed to the things of God, they will bow before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and they will have to acknowledge 
You are Lord, you are King. Time. How much time? So I'm controlled. So he says, I've come to disrupt the status quo. That's your life. You know, people make it very difficult for pastors when pastors visit them and, 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 and we are here for you. And we go to you and we say to you, hey bro, I haven't seen you in church, what's up? Don't you tell me what I must do. What's that? What's that when nobody can talk to you anymore? What's that? When you're just gonna cruise along at your own pace. And Jesus said, I've come and I've given gifts to equip you for the kingdom. Because you will stand before Jesus one day. And my job is to get you to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And if I just am quiet like Jesus was, was with a rich young ruler who was consumed with his wealth and his status. And Jesus said, one thing you lack, sell what you have, give to the poor, take up your cross and follow me. He didn't like it. He went away sad because he didn't want to change. He kept the law, read his Bible, watched Christian TV every now and again, but he was not involved in expanding God's kingdom. We're not saved to sit and soak. We are saved to be part of a revolution. Are you listening to me? We are saved to be like the early church. Come on, say amen. We are saved to preach the Gospel to every creature. We are saved to bring life to our world that is bound by the powers of darkness in Jesus' Name. And maybe you have a Jonah season. I pray to God that you come back and you come to your senses because there are people waiting on the other side of your obedience. When God saved you, it wasn't just to get you into heaven. It was because God had a plan and a purpose for your life. And that's why you cannot become like the world again. You have to be the influencer and not be influenced. You have to be the salt and not saltless. You have to be the light. That's who you are. That's who God created you to be. Philippians says lights shining in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. We have to repent. Get our testimony back. Go back to our friends and say, hey, some of you have been too proud to do it. You better get busy. You better get off your little bicycle and high horse of thinking this is your time to live it up, young person, because it's gonna take us a long time to get you back to God. You better get come to your senses sooner than later because I'll tell you something, sin will take you places you don't wanna go. Hey, I love you on TV. Watch us on social media. We're not finished yet. God loves you. Get right with God. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Bible talks to girls. He says, daughters of Zion, do not awaken the passion before time. That's why, you know, we are passionate about our young people. We are passionate with young uh, students first years come and we get our pastors to reach out, etc. That's what I'll not stand for. Little committees that stop young people to be touched because many young girls lose their virginity in the first year of university. Because now mama's not there, papa's not there, they're out of a safe environment, they become easy prey, they don't even, especially if they're Christian girls. 
So it's not a game, this. So once that passion has been awakened ahead of time, we have to fight to get the girl back. Or the boy that behaved himself at school and then he goes on whatever and suddenly you see the world has got a hold of him. Now we have to fight to get him back. Kijk as het my kind is, nee, my kind, my kinders. Laat ek vir jou mooi vertel dat ek gewerk. Vraag vir David. David het een dag so gestaan en volgende dag was op die grond. Nee, die volgende oomlik. Hy het so gestaan, volgende moment op die grond gelee. En ek het op nie gesig geslaan, en ek het baie duidelijk stel. Dan het hy my nie swys. But I hit him. Hard. To show him who's boss. I'm the boss dog. You live in my house, you play by my rules. Sin is not going to get a hold of you. You're not going gonna, to gonna, 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 gonna float around like your friends in the world. It's not happening. I told my son many times, I said, I love you. That's why I'll fight you. I'll fight your friends. I'll fight their fathers. Get them all. I'll, I'll, un, un, ser, un, I'll have my own ceremony and de-pastor myself for a week. Bring your friends that want to bring dachat to you, that want to bring alcohol to you, bring them here. I'll preach to them once. If they don't want to get saved, I'm not going to be preaching to them any longer. It's not happening. I'm not allowing you to put your filthy hands on my daughter. The same with my girls. Same with my girls. They didn't allow a boy to touch my girls. I found one of them, one day I said, if you tried to grope my daughter. Yeah. So let me tell you nicely, you touch her anywhere, I'll break your hand. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Ask Marnu. He was engaged to Angelique. I found him. I said, if you tried to touch my daughter in a certain place, I asked him. He said, near, near pastor, near pastor. Actually, you touch her, I'm going to break your hand. I'm breaking your arm. You touch her. She's not yours. You touch her, I'm breaking you. Thank you. Thank you. And now I'm talking to young people, but some parents are clueless. You're just allowing your son to run wild. What the heck's wrong with you? You're the one that needs to be helped. Oh, they're just going through, through a, a, a phase. And how did that work for you? When you went through that phase. And you had to get saved. And now you're allowing your child to go through exactly the same. Why? How? Do you even allow it? And they live in your house. I said to my children just like this, if you want to go sin, you pack your bags, you get out of my house, you go find your own accommodation and you pay the price for your own sin. But you're not living in my house and living in the world and sinning with the world. I'm not paying the bills for you to run wild and for you to sin with the world. It's not happening. Because I knew my boy is strong like me. And I knew if he was going to go down the wrong path, it was going to be a difficult journey to win him back. So in his teenage years, there was, a, there was a season where the world tried to get a hold of him. And I hope I'm not embarrassing you, David. And I tell you, 
uh, he would come back from a, a, it was in great college, Bloomingdale, come back, I'd take his hockey bag, open it up, and I found a hubbly bubbly. It wasn't a good day for him. <laughs> what are we going to find if we lift your bed? If we go dig in your cupboard? Hmm. If we open your cell phone? This is awkward, Pastor. Listen, my kids, till they got married, till they got married, I took their cell phones anytime. I said, give me your cell phone. And, if, if, and I looked at their friends, then I looked at the phones of, uh, photos of their friends, and I'm saying, why are you friends with this guy? Standing there without a shirt, with a bee in his hand. What the heck is he doing on your, delete him, block him now. Block him, delete him. What's he doing there? Get him off. Get him off. No, no, through cell phone, that devil, that devil can get into your daughter's room 12 o'clock at night while you're sleeping. You think she's sleeping and some fool is talking to her on the other side. Hello? 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 That's okay, Davy. It's showing you there. <laughs> it was many moons ago in any case people need to realize life is real because they think all your kids were born with angel wings and it wasn't like that I had to fight for you I had to stand and I always told David I love you I love you enough to fight you I'll fight and that's what I believe God does as well I said I'll fight your friends I'll fight everybody but the world will not have you it's not happening the world's not going to have you. And on their wedding day, the one thing they all said to me is, thank you, Dad, for being so strict because I chased, I mean, I had a guy once come to visit my daughter and I said, Ja, wat maak jy so? Hy sê, kom jou dochter keie, vat ek hier een moudruk, ek het sook, sê, daar gaan jy. Weg is jy. Voortsek, bedoel in een voetsek. Daar gaan jy. Weg is jy. Not polite. I had a guy once in my house, he was, talk, he was chatting my young daughter up. I said, excuse me, what are you doing? I had a, a guy once with a little bit of help run into a wall. His head, the back of his head, a part of it was left on a wall in my house. I said, you want one chance to tell me the truth. Did you try something? He said, no. Well, that was it. I persuaded him not to lie to me again. And said, there you go. I had somebody arrest Angelique and Pastor Andre. 
and one of my other friends were <laughs> I warned him once I said leave my daughter but he needed a little bit of persuading so he was sitting waiting for her so he climbed in the car next to him because obviously we tracked him very quickly climbed in the car next to him and the other person stood at the door to stop him from getting out and he was persuaded to never ever come close to my daughter again he came to his senses i'm saying this because some of you think all you have to do is pray Then allow my kids to go to the the trick dances with people I didn't choose. Because I know the world. Lift your one hand tonight, just do this tonight and say, Jesus, baptize me with fresh fire. Change every desire, remove every addiction, heal every emotion. Touch me tonight. I want to please you and I want to live for you as a vessel of honor and a vessel of glory in Jesus' name. Say it again, say Jesus. Touch me tonight with fresh fire. Take away everything from my life that is not pleasing to you. Help me tonight to come to my full senses so I can understand what is pleasing to you and what is displeasing. I give you free access to work in my heart so that I can do your good will in Jesus name amen amen and amen hallelujah hallelujah feel the presence of God in this place lift your hands lift your hands where you are lift your hands lift your hands all over every church lift your hands lift your hands Lift your hands. Sing that song, Jesus. Jesus, lift your hands. And let Him begin to touch you tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Imrama Masutur Rabahanda Tata Soto 
Sotoya <laughs> Abosho kolabanda brozo dro o kosete kiata yamaka o kristra trabuso to mikina mahaya o tuku brozo to liana saibese di trefreso no tolaboso to yamata ibrada aburo to yati sete eso labuna mazanda. Vatruso tromo o croso fromanda andrekele rihaya ta terebe sekonomozo bolobondo roboso tori andrebe zega diabolo o sotoya o sotoya o soya kamo o yahama o sutu ritia tototo i prisi tre mutro O toto ho mi andayate ke isitre sotrotro dubrugo dolobo dolobo itramana kandala vadoko itrarara bazadara vadukebre rikana mazanda yabo sotolo yaha iprekoto noto iataye besetele litre setre moko orobondo lobo sotoyamaka. Besetele bezende bereke kianamata kianamara refetoto reseta ashakaye mongolo razataya mozo otro sotro sogo promosotro oprosontro mozondro robogondo gondo goke setete rebazatarabaduro basanta imprebebebebese. Come on, God's lighting a fresh fire in many of you. Lift your voice, pray, pray. Some of you have to grow in the spirit. Some of you have to grow, grow, grow for your child. Deep crying out to deep. Ibrasata base kete kenda rakato kolobo shomohono vidamana ratayaboro sotoroma ladrebo sotoroma ndolobadaja oceanama isiriatrolo rodobono obroko obokosho come on come on come on come on come on 
Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, fresh fire tonight, Father. Baptize every person with fresh fire tonight. Set a fire in their bellies tonight, I pray. Set a fire, Father, that cannot be quenched. A fire that will burn out the hay, the chaff and the stubble. A fire that will change every desire. A fire that will break every addiction. A fire that will break the hold of the devil. Every entanglement, a fire in Jesus' Name. A fire that cannot be quenched. A fire that cannot be quelled. A fire, stir up a fire, a fire, a Holy Ghost fire. In the Name of Jesus, in the hearts of your people, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Again, from now on, when you find five in a house, it will be three against two and two against three. Father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against bride, bride against mother-in-law. Tonight you are standing in this place, many of you are standing with your friends and God is working in your heart and you are ready to re-surrender or surrender your life to Jesus Christ for the first time. I want to pray for you. I want to help you take a step in the right direction. Many thousands in Bloemfontein, Johannesburg, Port of Struam, people all over this country. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're sitting, please remain sitting, seated. If you're standing, please stand. You're in this place tonight, there in Bloomington, one of our churches, and you say, I want to re-surrender. I need a fresh start with God. I want to get my life right with God. You know, The road to hell is paved with good intentions. There's a lot of people that come to church that think, I'm going to do it by myself. I don't know what my friend thought, but he never made the right decision. Tonight you can make the right decision. You've heard the truth. You can surrender your all to Jesus Christ. And put your life on the altar as he did 2,000 years ago. Well, every head is bowed, every eye closed, believers praying. I don't care how many plans you have of the good things you still think you want to do. Tonight is a divine God intervention. It's a crossroads. You have to make a decision to give your life back to Jesus. The full ownership to surrender your life or re-surrender your life. I want to pray for you tonight. Forget the people around you. Forget your friend. Because the very friend you have today, believe me, five years from now will no longer be your friend. That's just how it is. That's life. That's why we don't follow people. Us that have lived a little bit longer know how this goes. The guy that calls you buddy now, three years from now, is not even in your life. The guy that you played with at school, he doesn't even feature in your life today. And so it is as you get on with life that you realize that life is a journey. You have to take the right steps. And tonight that step is getting right with God. Every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, that's me tonight, Pastor. I need to get right with God. I need to surrender 
give my life to Jesus. If that is the cry of your heart tonight, quietly, wherever you are, just slip your hand up quickly. Slip it up high all over this place. God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Many hands everywhere. God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you, bless you. God bless you, bless you, bless you. God's talking to many more of you. Slip your hand up. And forget your friend, forget your friend. That pressure of that boyfriend or that girlfriend. That man with the planet met your naughty cat. For now, stop that plan in Jesus' name. That stop. That drink from that sin, but never will you ever hear it again. For now, break your life and go to your life. I break up. You need me to act a bit slight for now. Quickly. Presence of God is all over this place. You've not yet raised your hand. Slip your hand up now. You say, include me in that prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. You know, um, this is not a game. We're dealing with eternal life and that's why we take time and I work with the Holy Ghost. It's one thing I do. He's the Lord of the harvest. And I'll take you back to 14th of November, 1982, where I sat with two of my friends and we made different decisions. And if I never made the decision for Jesus, where would I have been and what would I have done with my personality and where I was at that place? It's not a game. There's not a game. Keep bringing your friends to church. Go find the prodigals. Go find the backsliders. Go find the lukewarm ones, not judging them. That shepherd went, put him on his shoulders and brought him back to the fold. Some of you need to go just love on people, bring them back to God. Because the only thing we can take to heaven are people. I'm so proud of you, all of you, beautiful young people. God loves you. You're valuable, you're precious to Jesus and to us and the many hundreds there at the altar in Bloemfontein. Great to see that church so full again tonight. So I'll be there this Sunday or the Sunday after that Bloemfontein, believe me. I gave you a commitment, but I told you, you better get ready for me, otherwise I'm not coming. So um, if we play, I won't go and you don't play, but I will not go any to any church where people aren't serious about winning souls. Won't put my foot there. No way. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Time's too few to entertain Christians. It's not what we do. Put your hand on your heart. Everybody in this place, lift your other hand to the heavens and say this with me tonight. Say, Lord Jesus, tonight I give my heart back to you. I give my life back to you. I surrender myself to you. My spirit, my soul, and my body. And I ask you, please forgive me for my sin. Thank you that you love me so much that you came into this world and you became sin and you died for my sin and you rose from the grave to be Lord forever tonight. I open my heart and I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for a new beginning and a fresh start with God tonight. 
thank you that I'm accepted, I'm loved, and I'm forgiven in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. And upon the profession of your faith, your sins are forgiven you. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.